0: sitting down with the man you probably already know from the squad cast and then of course the rod peterson show he is the one and only clark monroe clark how's the evening treating you my friend
1: oh not too bad i got the leafs game on one side i'm talking to you gents on the other side so it's a great uh, great little setup i got going on
0: right now there you go and the man who just had to pinch himself because he's so happy that you're here uh mr jamie anisey sitting on the other side jamie how's the night treating you friend
2: Man, the day's the day's going well. Knowing that, uh, well, I actually found out last night. I was, as I was watch, watching the squadcast with Max and Clark, that you, Clark, would be on this evening. And after that, I was like, "Oh my God!" Like, I got to be on this Zoom call. I've got to be on this conversation. So I've been uh, pretty ecstatic in the last couple of days, man. And I'm, this guy is my Tuesday night hero, and. <laughs> Listen, uh, Clark's got to get through that door with the head soon, right?
0: So, you know, yeah. make it too big, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, it's great to have you on, Clark. Obviously, a lot of stuff to unpack and talk about. And the one thing I want to get off in right away is I want to ask you guys, there's a lot of cancellations, postponements of uh, games in the NHL. And I'm wondering when the NHL is either going to start, A, finding teams and players for, you know, disobeying COVID protocol, because that's basically what it is. You listen to the Canadian players and what they're told that they do on a day-to-day basis. They go to the rink, they go home, you know, they're pretty stringent in what they do. Uh, in the States, it doesn't seem to be that way. Uh, there's a little bit more, I guess, lackadaisy attitude to it. And I'm wondering when the NHL either cracks down on that or forces these teams to go into a bubble like situation to be able to get the season done because you will eventually run out of runway. And that is something I'm wondering Clark with you, what do you think is going to happen here? What do you think the ideal situation for the NHL is? Is it a bubble or is it starting to impose penalties to make teams realize you have to take this seriously?
1: So, uh, I saw an interesting number the other day. Uh, maybe I heard it on a different show or somewhere, but, uh, it sounded like to me, there was about 80 to 85 cases across the league so far since the start of the season. I don't think that includes training camps or any of those, t- pre quarantine cases, but, uh, all 80 or 85 of them have been American teams. There was one player who was registered as a Canadian team, but that was Pierre-Luc Dubois, who just got traded from Columbus. Uh, so there's there's definitely a disconnect uh, across the league. So yeah. we're seeing all the Canadian teams somehow magically being totally fine and all the American uh, teams... Seem to be breaking the rules. And are they breaking the rules? Uh, is the rules down there just that much different that they don't care as much? Uh, what is it about those teams that is so much different than the Canadian seven? Uh, it seems to be a little bit weird. Um, but you look, just look at the videos of Tom Brady celebrating at the Super Bowl uh, in Florida. Yeah. None of them are wearing masks. Nope. Uh, none of them seem to be social distancing whatsoever. Uh, So it's just it's a different world down there. And I think for the NHL, I think their best case scenario is that they keep going the way that they're going. Uh, That's what they want. I know that the owners want to be in their buildings. Uh, I know that they want to be able to travel and and do all that. Um, But like you said, I think at some point the NHL has got to be like, all right, little kids, uh, if you're going to keep breaking the rules, uh, you got to go have a timeout because this isn't how this works. Uh, But I don't know. I don't know when that threshold is. I think if we start seeing teams uh, continue to get postponed and postponed, I know both of you guys probably play fantasy hockey. Half my fantasy teams postponed every single day. So uh, I don't know who to start and who to sit. And I don't know all that stuff. It's going nuts. But uh, I think at some point, the NHL hopefully steps in and says, all right, these are the rules we gave you. And like you said, Jamie, like they, if they don't start following them, I hope they start throwing fines all over the place. Cause well, it's you, about you time. Got
0: to, you got to throw fines or you got to do something. Cause like I said, the biggest thing, and I've talked to a bunch of guys who cover the league, like Terry Koshan, you know, they gave themselves a small runway, but that runway will run out and they don't want to go up against the Olympics in the summertime, which apparently is going to go. And you don't want to bleed into next season and ruin your next season either. So how do you do that? You just have to start cracking down on teams. What do you start telling teams? You know, Hey, Maybe if you miss this many games or this is the threshold number, you miss 15 or 20 games for post postponement, you're no longer able to qualify for the playoffs. You can play your games in your building. You can finish out your season, but you can't qualify for the playoffs. We're not going to make up 15 to 20 games. It's, it just can't happen. you know. And the teams that seem to be the focal point of this a lot, and correct me if I'm wrong, seem to be Buffalo and New Jersey. Those two teams seem to be the hardest hit. Uh, throughout this situation Vegas a little bit as well but not as much as you see Vegas and uh, Buffalo and New Jersey going through the ringer and I'm wondering you know it seems to be those teams that are playing them that are having the problems too and now there's a ruling coming out from Vegas where a player actually tested positive and the test came through during the second period of that game so you know where was the disconnect there how did that happen you know what's the statement going to be there
1: yeah, you saw in, like, crossing sports, the Raptors are playing the Nets the other night. Kevin Durant says he gets a positive test before the game, but he's on the bench. He starts playing the game, and then in the second quarter, they're like, oh, no, you can't play. So it's like, okay. I already what?
0: affected everybody.
1: Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, that, that's bothered me uh, a little bit with with all of it. You know, the NHL, they seem they, they say that they're all high and mighty with all of this at the same time. As all these guys are on the bench, two two six inches apart from each other talking about strategy. Uh, they're breathing on each other throughout the game. They're bumping into each other. And and then they find all the Washington Capitals guys, they did find those guys for hanging out in a hotel room together.
0: But apparently so like, that was it wasn't just the players. There was also somebody else that was there that was not a team member. Okay. So that and that was the person that I guess that was the worry part of it. But even still I, I get what you're saying. And Efkin's yeah. wife was right. I mean you're sweating it out with these guys on the ice every single night. Why can't you go hang out with your teammates? That should be at least your bubble. You're with them anyways. But you heard yeah. Sheldon Keith today say that Toronto Maple Leafs are using four or five different locker rooms throughout the Scotiabank arena, opposed yeah. to all being in one arena. So now they're spreading them out even further, which again, goes back to what are they doing in the States? Are they doing any of that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: It's hard to say like I said it's it's a totally different world down there and I don't know if the general managers and the coaches are of the mindset of each individual state where all these things are happening uh or what it is if it's an outside uh you know influence that's maybe changing things for the players in Minnesota compared to the players in Florida compared to Las Vegas Buffalo New Jersey like you mentioned I'm not sure but uh you know I think I think they've got to start either like putting like a a team marshal a team official <laughs> somebody to somebody. start start but, cracking down like like,
2: a, like at your junior high dance elementary dance i got the, the tra- <laughs> chaper- chaperones and yeah 6 um, inches. <laughs> Team <laughs> services. I, I, I was right. part of I was part of youth sport. Um, this past year was canceled because of, because of COVID, and they had team services people. They had people making sure everything was in line. And maybe that's the case in this situation, right? And I I um, did tweet out to Nick Alberga, who you had on last night's Squadcast, and I mentioned what happens when it comes time to crown a Stanley Cup champ. Do you does the U.S. team play the Canadian team or does, does the Canadian team play for Scotiabank Cup? We mentioned that on the offside talk maybe a couple of weeks ago. There's a Scotiabank Cup. And then do they go for a discovery card champion or some sort of thing? And right now it's un, a lot of uncertainty going into the playoffs. And uh, right now just kind of get through the season. The queue league the Quebec major junior league is playing right now but they already know they're not going to get all the games in so they're going to do like a, um, a winning percentage at the end that's kind of how they're going to determine the um, outcome of the season uh, Q is back with the three teams Cape Breton Halifax and I'm drawing a blank I can't think of the third maritime team but well, yeah Moncton? yeah no no Moncton's in New Brunswick St. John is in New Brunswick. They're not playing right now. Uh, it hey, just Breton, three.
0: PEI, no oh, number. yeah.
2: You're, you're right. PEI, Cape Breton, and Halifax are the three Q yeah. teams playing right now. And they've already determined that the winning percentage is going to determine the end result. And maybe to... that's what
0: the NHL does is a winning percentage and just says, okay, this is what it is is what it's going to be. 100%. But I really think that starting to find teams – Um, whether it's draft picks or you know financially or whatever especially like right now financially be huge right you start finding these teams and you've seen the fine that was levied against the washington capitals but if teams continually are on that COVID list and certain players are continually on that list and added to that list there has to be it's not just a coincidence there's something going on there that needs to go a little bit further than just uh don't do it again boys you know it's got to be something but Anyways, you know, I want to get that out there because for me, I've been thinking about it, like, when is enough enough? When, it, when is it done? When is it – this is what we're going to do and we're going to move forward because you can't get everything in and we want next season to be as normal as possible. But uh, the next thing I wanted to ask you, Clark, you look at a player like Patrick Line going over to the Columbus Blue Jackets, already being stapled to the bench. It comes out that he uh, had some words with an assistant coach. I guess wasn't too friendly in his first four games. Um what do you make of Patrick Laine? Is he a problem child, which it's starting to look like? Didn't have the best time in Winnipeg, uh, rubbed up against leadership there, whether it was the players on the ice or even off the ice. And now same thing starting to happen here in Columbus. Um, is this guy just a prima donna, as uh, John Tortorella would say, and maybe he's not going to work there and it's going to be out of Columbus before the end of the year?
1: Well, yeah, I, uh, I said it on the squadcast last night, uh, so all, everyone can go watch it, but uh, <laughs> I, I never thought Patrick Laine would, would make sense in Columbus, and uh, I, I tweeted out minutes before the trade, unfortunately, that I didn't think he would be involved in a dupe watch, right? I thought uh, Columbus right now doesn't have any centers. Uh, why would you get Laine to play on your top line when he doesn't have anybody to play with? Uh, he's already a guy like you mentioned, who seems to clash with people. Uh, he's the new breed of NHL stars. Uh, maybe that's mostly what it is. Maybe he's a little bit entitled. Uh, I don't want to put words into what, what, it, what actually yeah, is, yeah. but uh, what it just, that's, Hey, that's what it looks like to everybody outside of the situation. Uh, whether he's entitled, whether he's cocky, whether he's too confident, I don't know what it is, but um. He seems to clash with leaders. Uh, You saw it with Blake Wheeler in Winnipeg. Uh, Apparently there was some stuff going on there. Blake Wheeler didn't appreciate his work ethic off the ice, I've heard. Uh, So there was that. Uh, There was the whole whole video game thing that went on uh, a couple of years ago with him. I saw a great meme of him sitting on Columbus's bench with a PSP on the bench, uh, playing games on the bench because Tortorella benched him. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird. Uh, I didn't think so. I thought Columbus could have traded Dubois somewhere else to get a little bit more center depth, maybe a couple center prospects. Uh, they got Jack Roslevic in the deal. He seems to be doing pretty good, uh, early on. So maybe he is the center that they wanted. Uh, maybe that's the case, but, um, I think if you staple this guy to your, to your power play and make him your trigger man, uh, and any team, I don't think you're going to be upset. He's going to get you 30 goals. Uh, he's at least, um, but there just seems to be some sort of disconnect with him and almost anybody he touches. So that, you know, to me, Columbus made the wrong move. Yes. Uh, I don't think you turned down a 40 goal score. Uh, maybe they really, really love Jack Roslevic, but uh, I thought there was probably some other deals that I would have maybe considered. I'd love to have seen the the board with all of the trade yeah. offers on it just to see what they turned down. Uh, and hopefully this line, anything pays off for them long-term, but, didn't make sense to me. Uh, and I, it's four games in, it's already looking like it's a weird, weird deal.
0: Well, Friedman said that, um, you know, no matter what came out of uh, Winnipeg, Roslovic was coming. Because Kekalainen, when they had him on, they interviewed him. He said that's a player that he wanted at the draft. He tried to trade up to get him, he wanted him, period, um, and didn't have the ability to get him till this point. So that was a player they highly coveted. But I look at a player like Patrick Line. And a name that comes to mind in comparison-wise as um, a complementary player, not a focal point, like a goal scorer kind of guy, is Phil Kessel. You know, Phil Kessel clashed with a lot of people, uh, didn't do well in Boston, came to Toronto, stayed for a while, but obviously we all know what Phil Kessel was here. Um, we tried to anoint him that superstar. He wasn't that. Um, he is that complementary piece. And I'm wondering if the same path is going to be Patrick Laine. Yes, new age kind of superstar. Yes, can score more goals. But still, Phil Kessel-esque vibes where he go, has to go to a team where he is not the superstar focal point. He is a complementary piece that gets you over the top, but not the guy you build around.
1: Well, and look at Phil Kessel right now in Arizona. He's on the third line. He yeah. seems to be a great fit on the third line. Uh, yeah. He gets to play against third pair D, second pair D. Uh, he gets to you know f- fiddle around on the power play uh, and do his thing there. He was on the second power play unit last I checked there too, uh, which, Hey, the the Leafs have two pretty good power play units. So uh, maybe that's the way Arizona is going with it. But uh, you know, maybe that's, Hey, if Patrick Landing wants that for the rest of his career, great. He seems to me like he should be a guy scoring 50 goals every year and leading the league, getting rocket richards every year. Uh, But Hey, if you want to be a complimentary power play specialist, uh, be my guest.
0: That's that's just the vibes I get off him, Right. You, you listen to what was said about him in Winnipeg, you know, on and off the record and all the things you put together, all the puzzle pieces. And now the stuff that's happening here in, in Columbus, you know, it doesn't look like he wants to be that leader and that guy that you build around to be that superstar. It looks yeah. like he wants to go get his cookies and that's all he wants to do. doesn't yeah. want anything else. And that's Even why it way. leads me to think about Kessel, right? I mean, same kind of vibe where he wanted his goals and you weren't getting much of a back check out of Kessel. If you did, it made highlight reels, right? Because holy crap, Kessel's back checking, you know? So, yeah. You know, you see those. Well, things, that's, but.
1: that's the other thing too. And and it's easy to play armchair general manager. Uh, yeah. I do it all the time. It's fun. Uh, but if, if it was me, uh, I heard there was rumors that Winnipeg was talking to Carolina about trading line A there. Um, I don't know if they were asking too much. I heard a couple of packages that, I don't know, again, if I don't know if these are official or if this was actually what was offered, but Brett Pesci and Martin Nik- Nikash uh, for line A, and Carolina said no. Uh, so, you know, I thought, go play with your Finnish buddies over in Carolina, and he'd, he'd be happy, and uh, Winnipeg gets their D-man and another forward, and then they could have traded for uh, Jack Roslovic to, to Columbus anyways. Yeah. Uh, in a different package, but hey, he did all his shopping in one in one store. So uh, if yeah. that's what he wants to do, we'll see. I think Winnipeg's going to be happy. Uh, no Pierre Luc Dubois didn't have like a a monster game in his first game back, but uh, give him time. Uh, I think he's going to fit nicely there, uh, and we'll see. Overall, I, I really hope Pat- Patrick Line scoring forty goals is good for everybody. Uh, oh, yeah. it's not bad for the league. Uh, I'd rather see that than him fizzle out and be Nail Yakupov in a couple of years. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, no, I don't want that. So- I'm hoping he picks it up and, hey, hopefully uh, maybe Tortorella can finally get through to him.
0: Yeah, there's there's going to be a whisperer, just like uh, for uh, Kessel, it was recce, I think it was, or talking. Yeah, You know, there's yeah, always it. a whisperer talk in the ear, right? So maybe there's a, a Patrick Liney goat whisperer somewhere that comes out and becomes that coach. But um, obviously, the crux of our show, the big part of our show here is obviously the Toronto Maple Leafs playing the Montreal Canadiens right now. Uh, we got chirped by uh, your co-host earlier today. You know, I don't know why you guys are recording during this big game that you guys are so excited about. Um, I think it's a great idea to do it during a game. You get live reaction. You get a gut feel. Before uh, Jamie showed up here for the, the call, I was telling you, you know, I felt Monday they felt kind of flat. And tonight, again, I'm thinking they're a little flat again. Um, I know Wayne Simmons brings a huge spark, but that can't be the only reason why they're flat. A lot of hockey has already been played by this team. i um, wondering for you, Clark, when you see these two games, do you throw up a flag for concern or do you say, hey, there are going to be blips in the road playing this many games?
1: Oh, yeah, that I think that's got to be it. Uh, I hate to say, make too many real big assumptions. What is it, 13 games? This is the 14th game into the season. Yep. Uh, I think the first this – I've looked at it so far in blocks of four. Uh, In my own head in the first four games, it looked like they could do nothing offensively. Uh, They were missing passes. They were out of position. uh, They weren't they weren't getting into the right areas for their for their teammates to pass them to to them. The power play was not great. It wasn't bad, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't going yet. Then the next four games, uh, we started to see them turn it on a little bit. Uh, You started seeing Wayne Simmons kind of find a spot find his niche. You started seeing, uh, you know, guys like uh, Zach Hyman started stepping in and getting into that top six again because he had to yeah. fill in for Joe Thornton, uh, which I think is where Zach Hyman belongs. Uh, I don't know what they were thinking putting him on the Hundred percent. And then you see Austin Matthews flip the switch into machine mode. Uh, yeah. I call it I call it machine mode for Austin Matthews. To me, the guy's a robot. He can turn it on and off, uh, and when he's on, nobody can stop him. Uh, Mitch Marner's a cyborg. Uh, he's <laughs> flying all over the ice. Uh, doing things so once you saw those that that middle block of four games uh come along they started clicking and then these last four games obviously most of them against vancouver so take that for what it's worth right now but uh absolutely dominant uh then the last game you know vancouver came back sometimes you have to look at it the other way too there's always two teams on the ice Uh, vancouver just got embarrassed for three straight games so i don't think they wanted to come out and lay down again uh, whereas the Leafs, they're coming off a high and mighty couple of game winning streak. Uh, they're happy, and Vancouver just probably caught them on their heels a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's, that's how hockey works. Uh, like oh, I said, there's, sure. always, there's always two teams. So uh, when Vancouver came out playing pissed and Toronto's coming out and being like, you know what, we're going to roll this team again, uh, that's where you said they look flat. And I don't, I don't, I don't uh, disagree with you at all. Uh, but then you saw them, like, I, like you said too. Period one didn't look great. Period two, not all that great either. Period three, it was a whole different team. They flipped that switch. They turned it on, right? And they have the ability to do that. And that's something that they've been missing for the last, I don't know, three or four years. And sometimes they get it in spurts where they look like this amazing team. And yeah. these young guys that are, are developing into these superstars that they are now, uh, you know, they, they couldn't do it every night. And now they're turning into those guys that they have to do it every night. They're getting paid to do it every night. And I think they're at that point in their development where you're seeing it. Marner's third in the league in scoring right now. Matthews is leading the league in goals. And so it should be Uh Nylander's chipping in Tavares is playing great. I think, uh, and you got all those, those we're getting, finally getting some of that depth, that balanced depth scoring from everybody else. Uh, whereas before it would be one guy or uh, somebody in one guy in the bottom six, or maybe one random guy, but now it seems like everybody's kind of ch- chipping in every single night. So uh, I like what they're doing right now maybe you see a blip in the road, but like you said, it's a busy schedule. And at the end of the day, a lot of these guys are still pretty young.
0: Yeah. See, I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs the past couple of games and, you know, you know, Vancouver wasn't going to lay down, you know, tonight Montreal wants to go out on a high and beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously leapfrog them be first in the division, you know, cement themselves as this team that is a juggernaut that everybody's saying that they are. Um, but I look at the Leafs and I say, okay, you embarrass Vancouver for those games. And then you come out and you play that game, but good teams find ways to win. And like you just mentioned, that is something for me that has been missing more so than turning on the switch. It's being able to get back into games. We've seen so much in the past, they go down by a goal and it's like someone let the air into the balloon on the bench. They're all dejected. They're looking down. They don't know what to do. You know, they're bobbling pucks and it doesn't look like a team that has any confidence. But now they go down and it's not the end of the world anymore. You know, like you said, they can turn on that switch, but they find ways to win. And it's not just Austin Matthews or Mitch Miner. You know, you get goals from guys like Travis Boyd stepping in the lineup. Jason Spezza railing off a hat trick for crying out loud, you know, and eight points already in what, 13 games, not too shabby for a 37 year old 700 K player. So well,
1: not only that too, but uh, I've, very much been impressed by their entire defensive shift in philosophy uh and in those first four games where their offense to me wasn't doing all that much uh you saw tj brody making a massive impact on that team uh just just a calming presence back there where it's it's been very uh twitchy in the past couple years uh justin hall what can we say about justin hall coming in and playing with muzzin uh in big minutes and shutting guys down playing physical for a change. That's yep. what I've been waiting for Justin Hall to do for <laughs> a couple of years now. Guy's yeah. massive. He needs to start hitting guys. Um, and just, you can tell that those offensive juggernauts and Matthews and, and Nylander, uh, Marner, their defensive positioning has just been so different in this last, in this start to the season so far uh, to a point where uh, before, where, you know, if you would get in your own end, they couldn't get it out sometimes. And Now I just, I, it just seems like they, they get it out. they, or sorry, it goes into their own end. They're the ones stealing the puck back and they're yeah. the ones getting it out. And so, I, I don't know. I think it's a whole shift. Uh, and we saw it, in it with Dubis in this offseason, shifting his philosophy, going out and getting Simmons, Bogosian, uh, a guy like Joe Thornton kind of out of nowhere. Uh, it's a shift from him. Sheldon Keefe is shifting the on-ice play. And I think all the players are taking that next step into the level that they we expected them to maybe last year.
0: Yeah, well... It- I've said this a lot and Jamie, you can back me up on this one is, you know, I think they finally got those guys that have brought these young guys to a point where they're like, Hey, here's a line in the sand. Now you need to go over it. I said it to Rod earlier before the season started. I said to Rod, I said long lacking on this squad has been the fact you've had a Hyman and a Muzzin that would go over that line, but nobody really would follow them. But now on each line, it seems you have a guy that will say, Hey, here's a line. Jump with me. We're going past it. So Thornton's that guy, Simmons, that guy, you have guys like, um, VC who yes, isn't doing too, too much, but he's still willing to go out there, block shots, do what I have to do. And that's been missing. Even, uh, even I call him Babar. Cause I can't say his name for the life of me. Babar Bara
2: Barabanov.
0: Barabanov. There you go. <laughs> but Blocking shots and doing things that we yeah. haven't seen in a bottom six guys. And here's the other thing, finally having a bottom six where they have to compete for minutes. It's not just, hey, we need a body. This is, yeah. hey, you want to be in the lineup? Show me something. Hey, Patan, you want to play? Well, what are you going to do? Boyd, what are you going to do? You, all these guys that are coming involved, you want to come back to the taxi squad? What are you going to do? You know, what yeah. is it that you can bring tonight that keeps you in the lineup for the next two, three games? And we yeah. haven't had that. For so long, it's been, who can we get to fill in the bottom six and just be there? Or, hey, let's have Kasperi and Andreas Johnson, and all the warts that they have. Just keep them in the lineup and keep plugging, playing them. And hopefully they stick. But one guy that's really been a a stick in my craw all year long, and I'll say it, Jamie, and I know you know, I see your face already. It's uh, it's Kerfoot. Kerfoot. How do you have this guy as your (laughs) third-line defensive center? You look at his face-off stats the entire season. Most games, I think it was like two games so far, that he's been above 50%. He's 23, 33, 25% on the dot. And this is the guy you're starting in your zone to control that puck. This is the guy you're starting on the penalty kill to control the puck and get it back and and start off the play. And he's not that. I think he's better as a winger.
1: That's what I was going to get at. So my yeah. biggest thing was uh, when Joe Thornton was in the lineup, uh, when Nick Robertson was in the lineup, we started seeing uh, Kerfoot play a lot on the wing, at least yeah. at least in a hybrid role where he would do a little bit of both. Yep. Um, and with those two guys out, uh, it kind of just reduces the flexibility in the roster and he's got to be that guy. Um, uh, I don't know. I heard some rumors that uh, Jamie's favorite player, Sam Bennett, might get dealt for uh, <laughs>
2: Now uh, for foot. we we talked about this today. We had a pregame talk <laughs> like you guys have in the morning. I had to calm him down because you see, well, he threw that, he threw
0: that grenade you, and walked away. And said We, hey, we have our
2: pregame talks like dupes and RP have their pregame little, yeah. Things. And they, you know, I was like, let's have those. I'm you know, they're doing it. Let's let's start a little pregame things. So I called J- James today, and, and afterwards, when James sent me a tweet, he's like can you warn me next time you report something on twitter and i'm like i knew it was going to cause a little bit of spice and and then i seen it and i'm like um i was doing something word i know is and key. i was doing yeah and i'm not as educated as clark and max and all you guys so hey this is this is new to me right and and you and you gotta at the end of the day it's a, it's because of Rod Peterson and, and Clark and and the Squadcast why I'm like now involved in Twitter and I'm I'm like wow this, this I finally figured out Twitter Live like man this is like wow and so I've, I've got to yeah, have yeah I finally a lot. figured out how to throw a grenade and walk away and what other people do. <laughs>
1: Absolutely- Jamie, I will give you a hundred percent credit. You got all of Leaf Nation's attention with that one. So yeah. <laughs> hey, good job. Did it? Did
2: it make sense? Absolutely, did not make sense. But the wording, you said it. You said it, James. The wording was off. I seen it afterwards. Sam Bennett. I watched Sam Bennett. I I I go to Ottawa as much as I can. At the time when the sixty-sevens were playing at the Canadian Tire Centre, um, Sam Bennett was playing with the Kingston Frontenacs. I'm a Gilmore fan. Love watching Gilmore, and he coached the or was the GM of the Kingston Frontenacs, and he kind of had that similar similarity in his game, Sam Bennett and Gilmore. So I I was I'm a huge Sam Bennett fan. Him going to the Calgary Flames, um, or him going to Toronto in exchange for Nylander, I was I seen that on a different post, but I've been told countless amount of times, stay off Leaf Nation Facebook page. It's a toxic, most toxic thing in cape breton because it's the most to- toxic thing in the world and that was my mistake i kind of was like well let me just post you, you this. could
0: have saved yourself a whole lot of grief and all you well, need I, to do goes. is a screen grab or a small picture of that post and just say yeah. what do you think of this leaf station knee lander for bennett you could have worded it the same if you had that okay. picture okay you save yourself you save yourself because it's not you and, and the putting best it part
1: yeah the best part is you, you tagged our Team RP show account. So I saw every reply. And
0: <laughs> I turned them
2: <laughs> so off was, after a yeah, bit. I was, and, yeah. yeah. And, la- and last night, uh, you, were, you were saying, uh, I wasn't chirping. I, like, I love chirping. I love chirping Max. He, he, Who doesn't? He, he pops up online. He's got his Nashville Predator stuff on. and and But the guy's a doozy. I actually messaged, messaged him the other day. And I'm kind of like, um, I'm not sure the correct word to use, but I'm kind of like, Honing or honing my game after him, I think that's the proper way to say it. Yeah, that's um, not I way said, man, it. Like, I said, man, like I, was, I was in, a, I was in an interview the other day um, with somebody, and hopefully that drops very soon. Um, actually, Clark, you know who it is because I mentioned to you who we're getting for this Wednesday. Um, and I said to Max, like edited, I did an interview today. The 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 it's day. going up in an hour. Yeah, and Clark is very jealous. By the way, I am. Uh, I got gotta tune in. Uh, um, so, anyways. <laughs> I talked to max and i'm like man i did an interview the other day and I, and I was thinking afterwards i'm like i sounded just like you man like i've been watching too much Squadcast on tuesday nights and um the data i gotta say man you guys show it's it's only getting better um i will say that i'm i'm listening on the way to practice sitting on the bench last night um tuning in as much as i can and you guys have been a huge inspiration and for people starting on podcasts you know, you've seen it. They're, they're only blowing up now because people at home, there's COVID, there's not much to do. So why not start a podcast? And, yeah. you know, if they want any good teachings, hit the Squadcast. watch Rod Peterson. And, and it's, it's all done the proper way. Cause Dupes talked to James and I've watched RP and I've talked to him and he's, he's there for guidance and uh, it's opened the doors for many guests. We had Theron Fleury, um, and we we may have him on the end of March, but it it opened the doors, man. So while I have you here, man, that's what I wanted to really say. I don't have any questions um, because I can get those on Tuesday night, but you did get your Leafs talking last night. So, uh, (laughs) Chances of that happen again are very slim, but, you know, um, you, you got your Leafs talking tonight, so you're yeah. good for hour, at least a couple I got, months. I, guess.
1: I got my lightning in a bottle and somehow won the vote last night. It's been, yeah. we've had uh, 19 episodes. I put the vote in every single week that uh, to vote for Clark on the Leafs, and there's four options, and I never win. Uh, so last week, yeah, this week I won, and uh, I got to talk about it a little bit. One thing, um, just going back, James, to what you were saying a minute ago, yeah. Um, it's just striking me now. And it's kind of what I talked about last night. Um, but the Joe Thornton thing, uh, we're, you're talking about the depth, uh, forwards. And one of the things I heard as soon as the Leafs signed him, and you guys both probably both heard it too, was, so you want to win a Stanley cup and you go out and sign Joe Thornton, huh? And you know, that really bugged me because yeah, that is exactly who I go out and, and sign. If you want to win a Stanley cup, the guy's 40, what, two, three. And yep. he's never won. And he's gotten this close several times. Uh, so if, you, if you're talking about getting, you mentioned it earlier, getting guys over that line in the sand or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Uh, he's, he's this close to the edge of his career. Uh, and he only wants one thing. And, and if, if you want anybody leading your team uh, and pushing young guys over the edge, uh, how about the, the all-time active current assists leader, How about a guy who's been on multiple gold medal Olympic teams? How about a guy who's been to the Stanley Cup final, the third round, the second round, had heartbreaks, has played with great players, has played with terrible players, uh, has played on good teams, has played on bad teams? Uh, He was the number one overall pick. And now he's into his twilight. Like, I think I I think it's the perfect guy to kind of mentor these guys. And, uh, you know, Patty Marlowe did a pretty good job of it. He left last year. uh, So you saw some of that. So yep. I know I th- I think there's a lot to it. Uh, signing Thornton and and among those other guys you mentioned VC, I've liked him. I'm just looking at the stats. He's only got what three points, but uh, overall I think I like how he's playing. Um, <laughs> and sometimes you know how it is, numbers aren't everything. Ilya Mikhaev.
2: um, when does he score with- a goal? He's getting oh, so many chances tonight.
0: It's coming. He's squeezing his stick. He's squeezing yeah, his stick. He's, way. he's he's trying. Hard. We got we got he a couple guys, of guys in, a in a the off seasons. What he wants. So he's yeah, a little bit our, nervous,
2: coach, but our coach says that every night in junior hockey. Guys one thing just, I want to talk to the, you about the, Thornton right quick is uh,
0: you, know, you look at this Leafs team, one thing that I've said long for this Leafs squad for the past few years has been dark clouds around the squad. You bring in a guy like Thornton, he has Brian Burkson, sunshines and freaking rainbows is what he is. Yeah. And you look yeah. at how loose this squad is and how much fun they're having not only on games, but in practices and stuff. You watch the drills and how they're competing with one another, but they They're all pumped up and having fun. You look at the shootout before the season started when they're just having fun. And Thornton just going absolutely ape when Matthew scored. Just like, oh, you know, on the ice. That stuff's been missing. Everything used to be so mechanical and humdrum. It's not now. These guys are there. These veterans are there. And they're, they're providing some fun. But there's two things I want to get to before we let you go tonight, Clark. One is, do you think, for Jamie here, Jamie, I'm going to let you have this one. Do you think Sam Bennett... Will be a Toronto Maple Leaf, and I'll add a lot of caveat to that. Do you think it's Kerfoot that he replaces?
1: Okay, so there's there's a lot of argument about Sam Bennett, um, and my question, I guess, for for you guys to kind of counter this is, if Sam Bennett wasn't the fourth overall pick, are we talking about him right now?
0: Nope.
1: No. So uh, th- th- who would you swap him out for? Like Kerfoot. Sam Bennett's a guy. Yeah. So if you if you're talking about Kerfoot as the swap. Um, what are you really trying to get that's that Sam Bennett's that much of an upgrade over Alex Kerfoot? Like, is he faster than Kerfoot? I don't know. Is he a little bit more physical? Probably. Uh, does he play a little bit more of a, of a style that you want in the playoffs? Maybe that's your case. Um, but overall in an 82, oh, we'll say 82 game, even though it's 56, but on the stretch of a full season, what has he done in his career that has really pushed him to that level that you really want him for? um is he that is it a little bit cheaper that gives you a little bit more flexibility maybe but i don't think calgary is in a position to take on a whole lot of salary right now either
0: no there's more adds to it
1: so how is it going to work is it going to be uh bennett and somebody else for kerfoot uh is kerfoot a guy calgary wants you have to look at it from their side too Do they want a guy like kerfoot uh maybe he fits into what they want uh he's a western canadian guy maybe maybe they want to bring him in uh but there's there's a lot of factors to it now i'm not sure sam bennett is, I think he's a one year, $2.5 million deal, if I'm correct. Right. So yep, yep. Uh, one other thing too, that I've learned in the last couple of years in hockey uh, and hockey is stealing this from baseball is years of control is more important to a lot of teams than salary number. Uh, yep. They have, they have Kerfoot locked in for another, I think three seasons, including this one, I believe. Yep. It is, uh, yep. And Bennett's Bennett's a free agent after this year. So um, there's question marks with him uh there's not so many with Kerfoot they know what they have Uh, and I think once you get your guys back from injury the Robertsons the Simmons the Thorntons Kerfoot moves over to the wing or has a a lower role he fits a little bit better Uh, and I think we're going to start to see him thrive once you get that full lineup back so do you trade him for Bennett I'm not sure however do you trade a guy like Pierre Engvall plus for Bennett uh, I would entertain that more. Um, Pierre Engvall is a guy with a, a $1.25 million contract. Um, maybe you add something to him uh, to go over for Bennett. Maybe they retain a little salary on Bennett. Maybe you throw Engvall and Dermott or something. Don't quote me on that. Uh, yeah. but, but something like that. Um, and maybe that's the way you get Bennett out of Calgary. I wouldn't jump at sending Kerfoot out the door just because, like I said, that control sometimes. Uh, it's becoming more apparent every year that having control over guys is sometimes more important than dollar amounts. Uh, in oh, this yeah. day.
0: Well, uh, we'll, we'll do this one here. 30 seconds on this one before we put a wrap on her. Elliot Friedman dropped a little bit of a bomb saying the Toronto Maple Leafs are looking to add into their top six at the trade deadline that came out today. I um, just saw that <laughs> Clark, one name, one name that you'd have to put out there. <laughs> Keep in mind 14 day quarantine period. Who is it?
1: Yeah, so I was racking my brain to try to figure out who this would be, Uh, and I saw one name, uh, Tic Tac Tomar on Twitter, put out Taylor Hall, and I was like, "Uh, I don't know about that. Again, I I hate to like, um, this is not a 30-second question, this isn't fair, but but, uh, you have to consider, again, they, they are so up against it for salary. Uh, who's going out? Is it going to be Kerfoot? Maybe, maybe Kerfoot's the guy that goes out in, in that type of deal. I'd be more yeah. happy with that than for a guy like Sam Bennett. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think the one, the one name is, is Taylor Hall would be hilarious and would be amazing. Uh, I'd be super curious to see how that would work. Um, but yeah, in terms of across the league, uh, I don't know. That's that's. Re- I think that's a whole show. Let's bring you back later and we'll talk about it let's get her done we
0: will well, definitely ladies and gentlemen, bring it back, that man. has been uh, clark monroe obviously see him Thanks, on buddy. the squad cast and on the rod peterson show enjoy this one